Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How are you with the winter then? We had our first kind of cutting of snow up in Glasgow yesterday. Feels like it's arrived. Yeah, I mean, we're we're pretty secluded out here, so I'm I'm a little nervous about it. Um, the um, what's it called? The the roads are very narrow and windy and stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about getting. I think what's really like the area we're around Stroud's very sort of um, there's a lot of valleys basically. I think um, around Stroud it's like called the Five Valleys. So you have these kind of quite amazing views kind of everywhere whenever you go for a walk and I'm just really excited about hopefully seeing some snow and getting to see all that I'm not too excited about driving in that in that snow <laughs> but yeah are you are you actually in like a town or a village or are you kind of on the outskirts kind of a wee bit, little bit remote yeah a little, little bit on the outskirts so Stroud's kind of the closest major town and then uh but yeah I'm in a little village called Sheepscombe in which is about 15 minutes outside of Stroud and it's a big change of pace but I'm, I'm really loving it so yeah I mean if you've lived in London your whole life is this the first time you've kind of seen a, a night sky where the stars are all out shining it's the first time I've seen it regularly um uh, yeah it's like there's so many things about it that I'm just I've I think I've always weirdly creatively within within whatever I've done, I've always found it easier to get out of London to be able to do like any meaningful work. And whether that's recording an album, like, I don't know, we went to Seattle to do our last album. And before that, we've gone to like Rockfield in Wales and stuff. I think basically I'm very easily distracted and I find London is the kind of place where by without even really intentionally meaning to do anything, you'll find yourself out and about doing stuff all the time. Just for like songwriting and getting more into recording and stuff like that, I think moving moving out of that will hopefully help just simplify things a little bit more and just mean that I can kind of really focus on those things that 
I think it's quite hard to focus on those kinds of things in London sometimes. Have you found that already? Like in the short time you've been living there, have you noticed it have an impact in creativity on that way? I I would say yes, but unfortunately I've spent so much time painting the place that I've... So yeah, it's also, I'm moving from a two bed flat to sort of more of a like house. So it's kind of like a different thing. And I kind of, there's a few bits that are just slightly more space than I'm used to and just try to fill it up and make it look like a home basically but I have just set up like a little recording space in the house and I'm really excited to kind of get cracking I've kind of got to get cracking on the next Bears Dead album so yeah I've been, I've been like really really excited to get started but it's taken me a minute. When was the last time you kind of had a period of consistent writing then? If you've kind of been a little bit busy over the last month or so getting moved in. I think when when the first lockdown hit, the very first thing I got, I was just like, right, I'm just going to really try and work as hard as I can and just kind of take my mind off it. Um, but I think I found the whole process of writing during a lockdown quite, what's the word? Well, obviously it's quite surreal and a bit bizarre. And for like our band, so so much of what we do is based around performing live and it does kind of inform the writing process to some extent and the idea of that being this really abstract and you have no idea when you're going to next play a show and all that stuff felt really it felt a bit bizarre but I, I, my intentions were pretty good it's just I found it really hard to focus and concentrate and finish things which again I think is I don't know if you found that in the lockdown but I feel like my attention span just was starting to get so depleted by it and just be really I'd, I'd be like just darting from one thing to the next way more than normal yeah I think I kind of to start with I was good and then I kind of burn myself out a little bit like the same as the same as yourself I kind of immerse myself in the work for the first month or six weeks or whatever probably a little bit too much and then after that kind of felt very depleted that's yeah that's bang on how I felt like but good intentions you know really wanted wanted to do good stuff just burnt out I think the second time around I think I've like I think I've been obviously quite consumed with like the move and stuff but I think the main thing is I don't know I think the first time around I went for it and kind of failed and then was just really relaxed like not relaxed but really I don't know I was just not really doing much and kind of was okay with it but I think now I'm kind of going like it is what it is you have no idea when stuff's going to come back properly but you have to just keep doing it because otherwise you know what are you gonna do just watch like netflix the entire time or whatever you need to like you need to do stuff and you need to create stuff because it helps you know i think the nature of creating stuff is therapeutic to some extent whatever that is and so i think if you're a bit lost and feeling a bit don't know when things are going to come back actually just making anything will help a little bit did you i mean with the stuff that you did kind of managed to write did you notice any themes emerging in particular that felt linked to the situation you were in um sort of dystopian nightmare-ish <laughs> style <laughs> things. um i think the main thing i noticed was given that normally we're touring a lot it's been one of the first times in a long time that i've been home for a solid amount of time my fiance abby is a um a junior doctor training to be a gp but she's been on lots of different placements over the last year I think being around for the whole year and kind of seeing her journey through the pandemic and working on different wards and stuff has been a real eye-opener and been that's been like really interesting and I've learned a lot from 
really getting to sort of stand beside her through all that stuff a lot more than I'm usually able to. Obviously, I'm always like on the phone on tour and stuff, but there's a real difference when you're just around all the time. And I think in turn, that's kind of led me to writing about sort of the more nuanced stuff in in that sort of relationship. And, and also, I guess, just made me look a bit closer at those kinds of things. I think at first I started writing more like, what, where is the world going? What is this sort of dystopian thing that we're in now? What is where, you know, the whole 2030 before it's 2020 kind of thing. And then I think I found comfort in writing about the smaller details of, of life rather than the sort of bigger worries. It was more like trying to find things to hold on to. And so, yeah, I think that that's sort of a weird journey that that's lyrically I guess mainly but I guess that's the weird journey I've kind of been on. It's funny how the more specific you get the more relatable it then becomes with songwriting like when you start to actually hone on on a on an experience that's specific to you you then kind of the wider themes just kind of fall into place naturally don't they? Yeah absolutely um I always think of I don't know if you've seen the film Synecdoche New York have you seen that movie yeah the uh, Charlie Kaufman the Charlie Kaufman movie I'm kind of obsessed with Charlie Kaufman I feel like you can't really just watch a Charlie Kaufman film once you have to like almost study it to like get everything out of it it's just, it's just a mad his brain is it's really amazing but yeah I, I always think of Synecdoche New York when it comes to like I almost feel like that's a film about being I mean it's a film about a million things but on a really big level I like the idea that he's trying to make this play that includes the entirety of New York and it's basically massively failing at being able to achieve it and his wife does tiny miniature paintings of which you need a microscope to even look at and she's incredibly successful and there's something in that that I thought was interesting about the tiny details actually like being able to nail a tiny thing um, you have more. You have a better chance of succeeding and being more relatable at doing that than you do if you try and do these grand, sweeping, like enormous statements about civilization. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm also just more drawn to those specific details in anyone's writing because I think that stuff is the really human element, and I think revealing those details. I think I, I mean when I went to music college, there was like a songwriting part of that. And I remember them sort of saying things about keeping it quite broad to allow people in. But I've, I've always been more drawn by the detail in people's songwriting. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like even like individual lines in a lot of your songs, that's what kind of gives it the flavour. If you think about someone, you know, like on the new EP, like Berlin Part 2, you actually named the hotel in it. Or Breaker Keeper on the last record, the Ohio Blue Tips. You know, just those tiny little details that just give it that flavour and and you know rein it in and give it that personality yeah i mean i I, that stuff i i love that stuff i i kind of hope the dream is i think that i don't know it brings it closer i I think i I think i'm wary of if you're gonna do this or you're gonna sort of dedicate your life to trying to make write songs or make something that's meaningful to people like i don't think you should hide (laughs) i think you should try and sort of then you know be be fairly open and like I think those details are really important. I, I mean, I always reference Famous Blue Raincoat by Leonard Cohen. It's like, you know, everyone's felt the feelings in that song, but it's amazing. But no one, you don't necessarily have this raincoat, but it's an, it, but it's an incredibly important and beautiful little detail. Do the details um, then, do they just come out 
naturally or do you kind of have an eye for detail and you kind of have specific things that you maybe pick up on in the moment and think that would be a nice thing to kind of work into a song in a way yeah so i think it's a bit of a mixture i think it's funny the um ohio blue tips thing was one actually i saw a film uh patterson patterson yeah oh man you, you know this is awesome <laughs> i love patterson yeah i thought that film was incredible um adam driver was was just brilliant in it but the, the, that poem like again it's about you know it's it's about nothing but it's about everything and like the way the way that poem sort of manifests itself it was just like and i think in break a keeper it's like i was your ohio blue tip i think i was really referencing the poem and the poem i think stands for a lot more than just the match but it's like i think that song was all about taking a small detail that encompasses a lot more and so yeah really that that line was a reference to that poem and kind of that film um i i like the idea that you can you can find those things everywhere and and also the that that the ohio blue tip isn't isn't an item that personally i i felt connected to before but from that film and from the sort of the dialogue and the feelings associated with him writing that although technically it's not written by the character of the film who's the actual poet who wrote it i don't even know that that's terrible is it william carlos williams or is it just kind of inspired by him i think i i'm not sure as a I, I can't remember but it could well be but it's beautiful i, I need to try that down actually and read it again because it's beautiful but yeah like i think something about that sort of stayed with me in a really meaningful way and i like the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's directly happened in your life it can come from like a film you're watching or a tv show it could be the trashiest thing ever but if it meant something to you and it was or it was an interesting phrase to you or an interesting word to you and if it felt like it inspired something else i feel like when you're writing songs it's almost like you're having a conversation with yourself and you kind of need to find things that are going to trigger you to write more and i'm always kind of looking for those little things that just spark your imagination and so yeah the ohio blue tips thing was like that's a that's an example of that i guess so did that song grow out from that little detail was that the kind of spark for the genesis of it yeah so it was basically i, I watched that film and then like a few days later i'd had this idea of writing about a relationship which felt like someone who was protective protecting you was also damaging you um was the idea behind it and so that i had that idea for a song and then not and then in the chorus i knew that i wanted to sort of be in this kind of headspace of i was this person i was this person i was this person to, to you and i did all these things but actually they don't really mean much now I, but i wasn't actually the one thing i wanted to be or whatever and yeah the ohio blue tip just felt like it conjured up loads of interesting things for me so yeah it's interesting what you were saying there as well about the idea of you know songwriting being like having a conversation with yourself if you're thinking about a topic a lot like for instance on you know berlin or how does how does writing a song about it further the conversation that you've maybe already started with yourself on a certain subject well i think so berlin there's so there's berlin the part one or just berlin no it was that that song was sort of I, I knew I wanted to write this song set in Berlin based around a trip I took to Berlin like 10 years ago. Funnily enough, there's a lot of Charlie Kaufman references in that film or references to things that Charlie Kaufman's talked about or 
in his movies I'm always, whenever I read anything I'm always writing I'm always like underlining things and writing stuff down and I'm always trying to find ways of rather than um, I was actually chatting ages ago to Laura Marling about this and I think we both agree it's kind of like an interesting way of approaching stuff was when you read like your author like an author and you find a line really powerful you should like take take the line but don't like take it and just use it like move with it figure it out try and like understand it and then write an answer to it or like have a conversation with that line which again I guess is a conversation with yourself fundamentally but it's also kind of a conversation with whatever inspired you um, and I think that's just a really interesting way of provoking yourself because I think songwriting for me has always felt like quite a solitary thing over the last couple of years I've been trying to get do more collaborative stuff with other artists and also Bears Den as, an, as a sort of songwriting thing is becoming more collaborative as well but yeah I think often it's still a very solitary thing and, and in order to kind of keep your imagination sort of active and like spark ideas I think it's good to just have prompts and things to react against um, It's interesting what you're saying about reading there as well because that's such a solitary experience as well I mean the thing I love about reading too is that in the same way there that you, you know, you're you speaking about highlighting a line it's kind of different to other art forms in that you can go back over stuff like if you're watching a film, you can you don't play a scene from the start again, or if you're listening to a song, you know you wouldn't skip back after you hear it, but you like. But when you're reading a book, you can go back over a line again and again until it kind of has, and the impact of it kind of changes. You know when it affects you, and you kind of read over it and you muse upon it. Yeah, like I mean, I I love I love that. I think that's something that, I mean, it's <laughs> I've probably ruined quite a lot of books by doing it. But like most, like when you're underlining stuff, it's I I find that. I also have like a terrible memory so like reopening a book that I read a few months ago and just kind of seeing what I was drawn to it's it's interesting because I'm probably not in the same headspace but then I'm just it's kind of interesting because you go like why did that line particularly stand out what was it about it I don't know maybe it's something about literature or something but people like they, they can be so candid people really reveal a lot of themselves in books and I think and I really have always been drawn to that I feel like it's a very it just feels like a very open space and you can really like I, I really yeah I just really I just really enjoy reading I guess but I guess when it comes to writing songs as well I think the, the idea for me lyrically is to try and write things that will have resonance to other people hopefully but mainly at first it's like it needs to mean something to me and if you're reading something and it does mean something to you you should like remember those moments and try and understand why it means something to you and move from there I think that's that seemed to be the the way that I've had any kind of luck doing songwriting has just been from again okay, <laughs> plagiarism uh, no I guess just like taking lines and trying to and move with them try and try and like make them try and understand why they mean something to you I guess as well though if you tie them in and relate them to your own individual experience and kind of infuse your personality with it it becomes a different absolutely, thing absolutely yeah it totally does like yeah, like that song Berlin on the lyrical level is like, uh, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of things about it are kind of references to films and a lot of things are just very accurate kind of story of where I was at at the time. And so, yeah, it's it's a real mixed bag of weaving stuff that's important to you from other meat, like other artistic forms and, and then weaving that into your own personal story, I think is kind of the dream for me, really. Is it easier to write about a subject as well when you frame it 
around a specific you know experience or event like you do with berlin where you frame it around that trip yeah i think i i really like writing songs about places i think that's the thing with songwriting is that creating a sense of being somewhere or a place is quite fun and quite i don't know it's like i think in a film you can just open up by revealing where you are and in 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 literature you can have your whole first couple of chapters can be setting a scene of where where something's taking place and in like in a three and a half minute or four minute song you don't really have the luxury of much time to do that but i'm quite interested in in that little headspace and i quite like i remember it really vividly like berlin like I, when i first went to berlin it was december or beginning i think it was the summer and it was just covered in snow everywhere and i remember just it being a real sensory overload and it was snow everywhere and there were these these sort of yellow trains everywhere and i remember finding it really like just really beautiful and romantic and stuff and i just i i wanted to capture what that felt like because i think it it's associated with all the feelings that come after it as well it's all kind of wrapped up in one thing and so yeah i think those things are important to me i don't really know how i also i guess my other thing is i don't really know how else to do it other than to lean into those sorts of things because i just i find them interesting and yeah they mean a lot to me it's interesting what you say as well about how you don't have the you know the same luxury of a film or a book where you can really establish a scene but i think that makes it more powerful when you have a song you really have to kind of compress all these emotions and everything and the setting and location both internally and externally into three and a half minutes yeah totally yeah totally and i mean also it's like different types of songwriting and types of songs and, and stuff I guess if you're going for like a storytelling kind of thing it's kind of helpful to be able to give it a sense of place but if but also that is the magic of music is that it's kind of in and out of space and time a little bit you can kind of hopefully people can project their own sort of universe into it and that's kind of the magic of it but yeah I, I, I bloody love it <laughs> <laughs> with Berlin part two was that the first time you kind of written a sequel to a song as well yeah so actually I was working on sequels <laughs> I got really into writing sequels so yeah the, but there's a Berlin part two and Christmas hopefully that we put out actually has another there's another part to that that didn't come out this Christmas but hopefully will come out next Christmas or at some point in the future and that was just a bunch of lyrics and melodies that I've been playing around with for a while. And I, yeah, I was in the studio with Kev kind of showing him roughly like the chords I was working with. And he then started playing piano on it and it just sounded about 10 times more beautiful than what I was working on musically. And so yeah, that, I'm really excited about that now, but it kind of all came together a bit too late to uh, get down in the studio while we were there. But yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's the first time I've written a sequel, but I'm kind of into the idea of it. And I think it's interesting, like that idea of revisiting the same story sort of five, 10 years down the line is something that I'm, I, I think is quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it carries a kind of air of reflection in a slightly different way to the first one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how was your approach to writing it impacted by the fact that you already had something to, to work off of? You, you weren't just coming at the event for the first time, you'd already constructed something around it. Did you do you then have an idea of what you want to do with the second part to the narrative and to the story? Well, I think in 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 truth, I think both both stories are very sort of true to my life experience. So in some ways, it was it wasn't sort of completely. It was finding a way of telling the truth 
in a in a sort of interesting way that kind of helped me process it I think as a way of talking about it I think in the first song it was a different I was in a different headspace but the person that I'm talking to in that song is the same person that I'm talking to in the second song it's all built around one relationship at, at very different points and I think what I was interested in with those two songs was the first song was about a distance from being apart from someone and the second song's kind of about a distance when you're with someone and I think that was interesting to me and I think that was kind of a springboard for me was how can I sort of talk about the intimacy and distance of this relationship at the same time and do that also while sort of being being very aware that it is um, the second part of that song but I mean there's only one I guess there's one lyric that's the same and it's like all I can offer is a hand to hold is like a line that's in both songs and I think that line felt like a kind of fundamentally the sort of the end answer to both songs is that I think it's like I can't change anything that's happened but all I can offer is a hand to hold and that felt like that's kind of the sort of gist of what I wanted to get to with both songs I guess yeah I mean it it links both of those emotions they're they're similar in a way because they're both about distance but they feel very different when you're experiencing them yeah totally totally exactly have you been back to Berlin since in the interim between writing the two songs I've been back many times I, I love Berlin so much it's like I think it's just the best city ever. I think it's brilliant. I always have a great time. I, we we toured there a lot, um, and I just I, something about it. It's a really magical magical city. Have you been to Berlin? I've never been to Berlin. I've never been to Germany. Mate, you gotta go. Like, I mean, Berlin is. Oh, sorry, I just thought that's probably not. Cool. Nah, you're you're cool. You're fine as well. Okay, Berlin is fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, Berlin is really great. I it might be my favorite European city. I think we just yeah. whenever we're touring and playing shows in Europe, I think obviously I absolutely love playing everywhere, and it's, each city is so unique and so different. I have a real soft spot for Berlin, and I just associate it with really great memories and really lovely people and. It's just a brilliant city. The music scene there is insane, and oh, I, I just love it. I could I could go on about it for days. It seems to have a certain vibrancy about it. Yeah, it's a very artistic, really artistic place. I think. I mean, I think also what's really interesting about Berlin is it's the history of Berlin is sort of so interesting and so recent as well. I mean, you know, the, this obviously there's near the sort of Michelberger Hotel and sort of um, Kreuzberg areas and things like that. I mean, still the, the wall is still there in certain places. And it's sort of just this constant reminder of what the city's been through. And I think something about that and something about how, like, I don't know, there's just, there's a really beautiful, like, kind of energy to the place. And you meet so many interesting creative people all the time it's brilliant man I can't I could I can't recommend it enough I think I've, I've gone as like a this is the first time I went I just went with my with my girlfriend and it was amazing and it was just we just went for walks in the snow and it was magical and we did all the touristy stuff learned loads of the history and it was magical and then just going with you with like 10 guys on a tour bus was really fun too so like I mean it's it's got it's got everything there's a certain freedom when you visit a place for a second time because you don't feel that pressure to do all the stuff that you're supposed to. Oh, totally, yeah. 
uh, just because I think also now between everyone we in our sort of collective touring gang like between us all there's probably a gang of about 20 to 30 friends on the side of you know so we go there and it's it doesn't really feel like you're in a different city to like it feels like you're at home in a way as well and yeah I mean I, I honestly I just couldn't couldn't recommend a place the city enough really it's interesting what you say about you know the Berlin Wall still being standing in some parts and it, you know it, it's there as a reminder of what's happened to the city and and what's been is that the same for you with your music and your songs you know when you're performing them live do they kind of serve as a reminder of of the journey you've been on or are you not really thinking about the kind of content of them when you're in that live arena or how does that kind of work for you yeah like i think i it's a pretty good question i think uh the i think the main thing is that i've always I guess it's that thing again going back to it of trying to write stuff that's really grand and sweeping i'm i'm not very good at doing but i think writing a song about like the specific details and a sort of more journal like more more like you're writing a journal i guess approach to writing songs is something that i feel like i can do and i definitely use songwriting as a form of therapy to some extent and it helps me organize my thoughts a lot and I guess by telling yourself a story of how things are it helps you understand them I think in essence though yeah I think these the songs that we have written and and like everything that's associated with Bears Den and all the traveling we've done I think all of all of those places and all of those memories and all, and all the songs that are entwined with all of that definitely sort of serve as reminders and I, I guess I just I'm quite drawn to writing quite sort of small stories that are just it kind of just help me figure out stuff but when I look back on them they are just kind of constant reminders of things that have gone before and and those moments in time as well you get quite a strong sense of that you know with the opener Christmas hopefully it kind of feels like you maybe kind of mo- not m- maybe moving on in some ways from a certain set of experiences at one point in your life or kind of coming to terms with them a little bit in your songwriting yeah definitely I think I think that's a that's a thing for me as well I think that well I mean it's funny isn't it when you start out you're just trying to write a song and it it me and you like it first and foremost you're like I want to write something that I think is okay or I'm willing to play to people I never really imagined being in the position where we were like about to work on our fourth album and have toured as much as we have and to be in the position that we are I just never really imagined it writing songs like kind of evolves and changes and I think with with Christmas hopefully I think you're, you're exactly right I think that was I like the idea of talking about those sort of trickier things as a way of kind of putting them to bed and trying to like move forward in your life or whatever and I, otherwise I feel like you can get stuck in a rut of kind of cycling the same emotions and I think that's when that's not that healthy either really to just be stuck in difficult things and then going on tour and having to talk about those difficult things and play shows to people and the actual content of what you're saying is stuff that you you sort of struggle with and isn't stuff that you've worked through it's just sort of stuff that you're saying that's difficult kind of thing so yeah I think with Christmas hopefully that is a bit about talking about some of the harder things in the past but in a hopeful way in which that you're not still going to be bothered by them if that makes sense when you i mean when you guys first started out did that surprise you in a way of like what you were saying there that you know you put these things in a song sometime and you haven't really worked through them for yourself 
when you initially went on tour and you were kind of being forced to play these things all the time and relive those emotions did that kind of surprise you and did it force you to work through them yeah i think definitely i think i i think the nature of the songs in Bez then is that they are personal and so i think there's definitely been times where i've been we've, we've made records and they felt really sort of in the moment and really personal at the time and that's been quite difficult sometimes to just stand on stage and perform those sorts of things every night but i think i'm just i think that's something that i'm kind of learning how to manage a bit better and just you know there's there's different ways of looking at it. i mean obviously i want to try and be as honest as possible to what's going on but at the same time you want to be doing that in a way that's not going to be negative for yourself personally as you live your life and it's just getting that balance right i think is something that i'm more aware of now than i was at the beginning and i think yeah i mean if you're if you're doing something that isn't is a bit difficult and emotionally for you to sort of process or whatever and then you're on the road touring it for 18 months and not really around you know you're not with your partner and you're not going to see your family and you're going to be doing a lot of sort of sessions and things like that it's it can be quite a lot so i think it's trying to do that in a way that's healthy as well at what point did you feel like you you first hit that balance and you kind of first managed to strike it and and have it in a way that you could manage in a healthy manner yeah, I'm aware, very aware now that I'm sounding like I've got this all sorted and I definitely don't. <laughs> um, it's a continuing process though, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think it's it's kind of a case of wanting to make sure that you're not just like sort of dwelling in it and like overindulging that sort of stuff. I think there's there's, there's definitely like, like, it's important to talk about things that are like difficult and I, and I kind of feel like I'm... I like that about songwriting. I think I see it as a space where I can kind of talk about anything and be really open with it. But at the same time, I think it's also, you don't want to overindulge that stuff too much. And I think there's, there is a line there. And yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough line to like know when you're, whether you're doing something that's going to be helpful or not. But I think all of our songs, I think, and also working, it's kind of the magic of making music, I guess, as well. And I think between Kevinized collaborations musically with each song. I think there's always hope in that, you know. However bleak something may feel, or however difficult things that you're talking about may be, there's a lot of hope to them. And some of the songs that I would have said have been our like less accessible or more sort of intimate moments that might not connect with as many people. Some of those songs are the ones that go down, are the most sing-alongy ones live that we have and and you wouldn't expect it at all it's as you said i think it's a process and i think it's like a something that you're not going to ever be perfect at and you're going to be on the wrong side of it every now and then but i think just being a little bit aware of you know what you're doing the fact the fact that once you've written that song that song isn't over that song is going every single night for a long time you're gonna have to perform it you have to talk about it and being cool with that before you do it is kind of you've got to make sure you're cool with it otherwise you can be in a situation where you're not really mentally prepared for it and in difficult and in a situation where you have to be mentally prepared for it all the time there's kind of a parallel between you know life and music there in general though because like what you're saying there about not wanting to dwell in the same emotions it's the same with you know being in a band you don't want to dwell in the same sound all the time you need to have it constantly moving forward and and evolving and bettering in itself and it's the same thing with like your kind of mental state you you want to constantly be pushing it forward but it's it's never going to be at a perfect state it's just a, about a constant process of bettering and changing and 
and moving it on. That's that's exactly it. Like I think it's it's really like <laughs> this is unrelated but related. Like I was talking to a friend the other day and I was kind of talking about this new place that I'm living in and just sort of saying like, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I'm really excited about it. Just, I've got, there's so much work to do. And I think in my head, I've been like, it's going to, someday I'm just gonna be like, that's it. That's done. Um, but actually it's never going to feel like that. It's always, there's always jobs to do. It's a process. And, and she, and my friend, she said, it's a project. Like you should think of it as a project. Don't think of it as something with like a, with a finish line, you know? And I think Rowan, our Kevin, my manager with Bears Den, I, I think he really helps with that as well and gets across that, you know, it's all part of a process and that even, you know, every song, it's sort of like you eventually kind of have to abandon it because it's, you know, there's always so many different things you could try and change and make better. But yeah, with everything, with everything, with, with mental health, with music, with songwriting, it's, it's a journey. And there are some things that you'll do that you'll maybe look back and go like that was that wasn't a good song or that wasn't as good as it could have been or that line feels really immature to me now or whatever but it's a process of you growing up and and figuring out how to do stuff and yeah and then, and that is interesting i think and i mean I'm, yeah i still still get a lot out of doing it so yeah i mean it's it's like um you know when you turn 18 or whatever whatever point in your life you kind of start to consciously address a lot of the kind of mental things in your head i think the perception is that you're going to get to a point where it's all going to be fine and you're going to have fixed everything and then there's that kind of revelation or realization that occurs where you realize it's never going to be perfect you just it's just a case of you know continually trying to better yourself and get to that point and get to a better point but not a perfect point absolutely that's like I think that's just bang on, man. Like, I think that's just it. Can be a tough, tough revelation to come to, though, initially. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think also, it's just I think there's such comfort in realizing that everyone is on that same. You know, no one's on the same journey, but we're all on. It's all the same thing. Like, every no one else is. However much it might look like everyone else is sorted and doesn't have anything going going wrong, like over the last like couple of years, I just like every conversation. Once you get past like. A sort of chit chat at the pub or whatever once you get past that with any anyone like there's so much going on in everyone's lives like so much and so many different things um everyone's on their own sort of journey and you can't really and you can't really totally fully understand everyone else's journey or, and but you but you just got sort of i think there's hope in that and there's sort of comfort in that recognizing that you're not, you don't have the answers and it is a process but everyone is in that same boat you know we're all struggling and find things difficult but it's a process yeah there's a sense of togetherness in it. i i massively find that i think that's i think that is something that weirdly like the band has kind of taught me is that those moments where i feel really well at first felt really scared of performing songs that felt very personal the like reaction to doing that was always overwhelmingly positive. I think if you entrust an audience with quite like with more intimate details of your like life and talk quite openly about them, I think it's empowering hopefully for them as well. Yeah, that's something I did not see coming really with doing this, but it's it's been like a really amazing thing. And as I said, yeah, the songs that you think are the slow ones or the ones that people wouldn't really relate to, like are often 
or too specific to be re too relatable are often the ones that seem to go down the best at our shows so like yes this we have a song called crow and i feel like that's such a specific song to me um i was a bit worried about it being quite alienating but it's uh, the complete opposite effect when we perform it do you reassess the songs in light of that not really no i i, I think i just take it as a sign that, that it's okay to do it like I think that's all I I just feel like okay cool like you can you can talk about these things and it's okay you don't have to like over generalize songs to make them connect with people actually people connect a lot to specific details even if they don't know those specific details the fact that there are specific details makes it feel more personal and more real and more true which is kind of what it is but yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Like it's that, again, that, that whole side of things is a process as well. Um, and sometimes I feel like I go too far down that road. And sometimes I feel like I don't go far enough down that road. It's just kind of that, in that little world is what kind of makes me want to do it. I, I mean, when you think of that song as well, Crow, that's so much about your own vulnerability as much of your music is. How does that function when you're kind of incorporating someone else's vulnerability into your music like you are with favorite patient although it's still coming from your perspective it's obviously looking at you know someone else's struggle too is that kind of a different do you have to approach it differently when you're doing that or um yeah that's that's been a real that's been a real eye-opener and that's been something I've, I've talked a lot to uh, my fiance abby about in the process of doing that and also you know just wanting to make sure that i'm I play, when I played it to her was the most nervous I've been about anything really but I actually I wrote that song a, fr a group of friends of mine were doing a kind of song a day thing to try and stay positive during the first lockdown uh, this group of about 10 people like some really amazing artists were on there as well all just wrote one song a day and everyone emailed it to each other at the end of the day favourite patient was one of them and it just felt really Abby, my fiance, was working on a psych ward um, in Highgate at the time, and I just I, something. And this was during lockdown, there were lo and there were lots of COVID patients also on the psych ward. And I remember just thinking it was so so intense, and and just you know supporting her through that was was difficult. And so yeah, when when it came to playing that song to her, that was the most nervous I've been about it. And we had like a really like good conversation about it and, and I think she I think it's something I'm really wary of but I think she she gave me a lot of courage to kind of think about putting it out and then Kev actually as well Kev thought it was a song that we should put out as well and I think yeah I think again that's the kind of moment where I think if you're worried about exposing someone else it's like bring them into this bring them into it don't exclude them from it and then put it out in the universe and then it'd be a shock to the system it's like i think i think it's in kind of for me it was important that she heard it first and we talked about it and but yeah her, her she she really loved it and so it was a fairly accurate depiction of her like last few years so yeah. i mean there's a lot of realism in it like in the way it unfolds it's got a very kind of clear cut narrative for the set there's no chorus in that song either is there no there, there isn't really yeah, yeah. We were, when we were recording it it was kind of hard to describe where you were at 
in the song. It was like, <laughs> normally you just go like, yeah, just before the first chorus. So it was like, no, there isn't one. I think maybe that's the nature of trying to writing it in, in kind of one go in one day was that it just was kind of writing this. Uh, and I think it, part of the nature of it was that it was quite true to the moment. Like the actual patient, as was a patient who passed away when Abby was working on an A&E ward, um, sort of before lockdown and stuff. But the sort of experience she was going through and the sort of feelings that I had when I, like, when she was telling me that story, just like, the sort of, the idea for it was started there. And I, then when it came to the song and day thing, I kind of was able to execute it kind of in a day. But it's like, it just felt true to what we were both experiencing at the time. And definitely, I think the main thing of that song was also just kind of confronting the fact that with the sort of reality of being a musician, being with a doctor is quite a sort of, I feel like, I obviously I love music so much but I think I definitely struggled a little bit during the lockdown and stuff feeling a sense of you know what does music mean right now like what how can I be helpful what does what something that I can do that would be as helpful or even remotely near as helpful as what doctors and nurses and volunteers and carers are doing every single day at the moment yeah there's something about that that felt pertinent to me at the time yeah there's a lot of guilt in that song to a certain degree or a, a sense of it have you experienced like more or less guilt in that way as you've gotten more successful as a songwriter and as a band i think to be honest i think i've always thought of music as like an amazing thing because it's so collaborative it's so it can be so personal it can be so collaborative and it's so can be so unifying for everyone but um i think there are definitely times within with, with music where it's quite a self-absorbed career as well um and i'm i think i'm definitely guilty of that i'd imagine to this in the, in the same way that a lot of people are because i think a lot of the time when you're talking about your own songs or you're performing your own songs or you're thinking about your own artwork for your albums and things like that it's it can be quite a sort of solipsistic existence at times and i find that i have I have such an admiration for for doctors and ab- for, for what Abby's doing in the sense that it's it feels so like for the good of others like it's and whereas at times songwriting can feel quite selfish I think it's I don't think it is selfish but I think it can feel quite selfish and I think if you do it in the right way it doesn't have to feel like that but I I think I've struggled a little bit with you know what am I doing here what how is how how is what I'm doing helpful or whatever. In the, but I think that's kind of a part of anyone's, any creative person's journey is kind of figuring out that stuff a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the kind of the only thing I can do. <laughs> but do you go to music yourself for help? Like, do you go to other people's music when you're in a kind of time of struggle? Definitely do. I think I, I lean on music a lot. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 and obviously I don't want to ever feel like I'm underplaying that because I think music's been in a hugely valuable for me in terms of my, I, in terms of like just everything really. Like, I think there are so many big sort of life lessons I feel like I've learned from other songwriters and musicians. So I, I, I won't say that it's not something that matters at all. I, you know, it's, it does, but I think it's just more, I think I was just trying to be more true to how it feels and, and in that moment in time, uh, writing a song at home felt not as useful, you know, felt jarringly 
nowhere near as important as you know being a frontline care worker kind of thing which is kind of true but it's not does not necessarily mean not necessarily meant to undervalue it but more to kind of question it and figure out how from that can you do can you find ways of doing stuff and yeah so i think that's kind of where that song was coming from rather than rather than it being sort of again sort of like drenched in the guilt it was more like right you're feeling this stuff what are you going to do about it kind of thing was part of that do you think the the fact that we were all in lockdown like i feel everyone kind of reassessed their lives up to you know where they were at at that point and kind of there's a lot of reflection going on yeah i mean yeah it's mad like it's i feel like it's been really 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 reflective time like a lot of a lot of my really good friends have been i don't know just really reassessing lots of stuff and i definitely have too um like in a way i think i've seen some of my friends who've made like incredibly positive changes to like their lives in ways that were probably unimaginable before it i've certainly felt like in the first lockdown i i think people went one of two ways and i think i probably went the wrong like the not so good way of like at first at first i was really like trying and trying to you know make stuff and be really positive and then i kind of hit a wall and then i think i just sort of got into like i'm just gonna drink loads and not really think about it and hope it goes away and it then it sort of didn't really and you're like okay right what are you gonna you know how are you gonna change this stuff and so yeah i think a lot i think for a lot of people it was a chance to reassess but i think also for a lot of people it, it's 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 just been really really difficult um i think also that for me a massive thing that's been on my mind is just how much it's affecting um the live music industry that like, like bands playing gigs is one thing but the more like crews and session musicians um side of things has been just really bothering us as a band a lot these like the guys who do these jobs are just incredible like our crew are like some of our closest friends and our sessions are just like i don't know don't feel like sessions they feel like band members so it's been especially difficult trying to figure out ways of helping and yeah that sort of stuff did you have a conversation with with kev as well about the way because did you both kind of reassess things in lockdown initially i'm, I'm interested in how those you two maybe because you're in a similar position i'm interested in how like you reassessing things would have compared or, or differed or i think what was what was nice is that we live so close well we lived so close together we lived on the same street lockdown was difficult but outside of lockdown we were at least able to like sit in like my front garden bit and just hang and hang out with like our dogs and just chat about everything and i think we were like really helped like i found hanging out with kev just really helpful and like really for us as a live band first and foremost like we just our thing is that we're just kind of constantly touring and playing um and that's something that we've built our kind of lives around um to not have that definitely made us reflect a lot but i think the fundamental things were that we need to like keep doing keep making things and keep trying to stay creative and then so i think for most of this year i think we found it quite hard to be creative and definitely be creative together but we were sending ideas to each other a lot Kev was starting to write more piano ideas which are all really beautiful and then when christmas was coming i think we kind of got in the habit over the last few years of writing some christmas songs and stuff and it felt like let's try and do an ep that kind of in encapsulate some of the things we've kind of gone through this year and 
it felt really good to get in the studio again with him and work on them. It felt really good that it was legal to do that for the week that we did it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was really it was really lovely. And we worked with uh, Ian, who produced our first two albums, and he's just he's such a good friend, and he just really gets what we're doing, and it all felt really easy. Um, it didn't feel like a really stressful operation. Um, it just felt like hanging out with two mates and working and you know trying to make something that meant something to us which was really magical i think it's the ep format as well it's quite a nice way to present it because with it being kind of quite a difficult year you maybe don't want to spend a whole album looking at it head on but with the three tracks you kind of get a nice window into it and it's a nice way to to take stock of that experience and you know kind of encapsulate it nicely and entitlement of yourself yeah i think i think i think it's something that we want to do more of i think something about christmas and winter is a very like, reflective time anyway i think that sort of tends to lend itself to writing songs yeah so i think it's something that for us i think we're always going to try every year to do a little bit of some form of christmas ep or song or whatever and it doesn't have to be you know last christmas but it, it's just about making something and I think one day hopefully we can stick it all on an album and it'll be really it'll be nice to look back on it all and kind of reflect on it do you find the seasons have quite a big impact on your creativity we get kind of out with covid times you know where we're locked down and that's kind of having quite a impact um yeah well i feel like it sort of depends where you are when i was in london it's sort of hard to even fully <laughs> sometimes it feels like it's hard to know uh, what season you're in sometimes yeah, I think it can. I think something about winter slows everything down. I, you know, like, I mean, the music industry is pretty much shut down from like December till, I don't know, end of January. Like, it's not loads going on. But for us, it's always been like, right, cool. Well, in that case, let's like do a charity concert or let's do, let's make, let's make an EP because just because it's not a traditional, like, just because it's not a, a good time to release an album or whatever or tour doesn't mean it's not a good time to make stuff and and I think you just naturally end up having a bit more space and time to do things and I think space and time are like massively important for us when it comes to creating things and it takes us a minute to write songs most of the time and it takes us a minute to arrange them and having a bit of space and time to do that's really helpful how how long have you known Kev now then because you it's interesting, you know, what you were saying there about how it was really useful for you to be able to see each other outside during lockdown. How long have you known him again? 12 years now, 13 years maybe. It's mad. We've like known each other a long time. We were in a band pretty much straight away when we met. Then that band broke up because it wasn't very good. <laughs> and <laughs> I was on my own for a little bit, but never really had the kind of grand ambitions um, to do things on my own I think I just needed space to figure out what the next thing was going to be and kind of learn the lessons a little bit of the first band that I was in and then yeah the first kind of me and Kev went for a uh, chocolate milkshake somewhere I can't remember it was in Camden and just like let's let's do this again and let's do it better and uh, yeah so that was like 10 years ago <laughs> it's a long time how does the way you communicate with him in terms of you know communicating with each other as friends does that is that different to the way you communicate with your other long-term friends as a result of making making music with kevin sharing that experience with him 
I think we were, when we were working on the Christmas EP and stuff, I think we just have such a shorthand way of communicating when it comes to songs from the amount of time we've known each other and the amount we've hung out. But yeah, I would say it, it is different. I mean, I think I feel very lucky to essentially be in a band with like my best friend. It's kind of an amazing thing. And I, th I really think both of us would struggle to do this without kind of each other as well, because I think it's so, being in a band is not the hardest job in the world by any stretch of the imagination. But I think there are things about it that are really tough, definitely in the beginning. Um, when you're traveling all the time and you're barely at home at all and you have no money and it's just really difficult and everything's and you have to do it to build any kind of a career but I think we we're over the years like are able to support each other and have have found ways of navigating the sort of world of music and just trying to support each other through it because it is there are things about it that are very challenging I just feel very lucky to be uh, to be doing it with him, basically. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.